If you are in Sydney or Melbourne, listen up because we have some exciting news for you. Listen. Yeah, listen. Saturday, July. (laughs) Melbourne, we are doing Do Go On The Quiz Show live one night only or one afternoon only. Part of the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic on Saturday, July 6th at 3pm. This is 2024. And then the next weekend in Sydney, we are going up for a live Do Go On podcast at the fabulous Ritz Cinema on Saturday, July 13th at 3pm. Also 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Listen. 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 And get tickets. Buy tickets. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit PlanetBroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and I'm sitting here at a beautiful table with beautiful people, Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hey Dave. Hey beautiful people. Beautiful people. Beautiful people in the United Kingdom we Still, are right now. Isn't and that it, crazy? It's so weird. And this table is glass, so I can see Dave's beautiful legs. Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he's not wearing any pants. Tailored, j- oh. Tailored legs. Too much. <laughs> My tailored legs. <laughs> yeah. Dave refuses to wear pants as soon as we cross the threshold of the Airbnb that we're staying. And yes. Matt and I respect his lifestyle choices. And when we cross it by me carrying Dave across the <laughs> threshold. <laughs> Obviously. Yes, appreciate that. He's a gentleman. I'm having deja vu. Have we done this before? Oh, my God. Ragged I'm having full-on deja yes. vu. <laughs> Dave vu. Whoa, this is tripping me out. Nothing. Dave vu is great. No. All of this is feeling like deja vu. I think you're hungry. Oh. <laughs> well, basically, we're just dropping in here at the start of the episode to say that we are halfway through our UK tour at the moment. We've met lots and lots of people. People have been hanging around after the show. It's been an absolute treat. Yeah, it's been amazing. People are so lovely. It's been uh, it's been really, really great. And we the episode you're about to hear was recorded live in Leeds. And what a fantastic crowd they were. It was a great fun time. Oh, yeah. That was a, a really cool venue as well. And just everything about it was fun. Yeah. Around now, if we're going in real time, I'm doing about 10 push-ups backstage, uh, which Dave unfortunately revealed to the audience because mm. that was a private thing. Yeah. I was doing a parody of someone who's about to go out to a show. That was meant to be a little joke for Dave and Jess. Was that a parody? Yeah, I was doing a little bit. It was a bit. <sighs> I it was a good get, bit. I do not get parody. That's a good bit. <laughs> 
If you don't get bits, that's fine, but that is a, that good, is a good bit. bit. That is well, a good let's bit. let the audience discover it for themselves. We'll be back at the end of this episode to thank some patrons, some people from our Patreon. But until then, please enjoy this episode recorded live in Leeds. And thanks again for everyone that's been coming so far. And we cannot wait to meet the rest of you. Yeah, hopefully the rest of you come real soon. All right, I'm with the show. <laughs> Hello, Leeds! How you doing? Uh, thank you so much for coming out. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. This one recorded live at the wardrobe. My name is Dave Warner. It's not just me and you here. Please give it up for Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Yeah. Hello. This is awesome. This is very fun. And uh, I don't know if anyone saw that, but I spilt my beer all over myself on the way out. Very rock and roll. Yeah, very rock and roll. I, I was tempted to tip it all over myself, but um, that'll be the finale of the show. Look forward to that. <laughs> Look forward to that. Oh, here we are in Leeds. Are we, Matt's sitting down? Yeah, Matt's okay. doing it. Yes. I'm not going. I'm not weak. <laughs> no, I'm weak. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> Everyone Gosh. in the room sitting, Dave, you just called 200 mad English people weak. Sorry. Look everyone. at them. They're furious. <laughs> really quietly really furious. Really. Foaming at the mouth. Oh, that's okay. Get that checked out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Up the back, how you doing? <laughs> All right. It's just a little hand, like... <laughs> yeah, one hand. One that's hand from the darkness. Cute. Oh, so, so great to be here. Um, give me a round of applause if you are from Leeds itself or very close by. Oh, okay. I mean, there was, like, maybe half a second of, am I from Leeds? <laughs> All close by. Um, that didn't feel like a huge majority. Oh, no. uh, give me a round of applause if you're Ooh. not from Leeds or close by. <laughs> I mean, that's very cool that you've travelled, but we've come 24 hours. We came for 24 hours. <laughs> and we are exhausted! <laughs> so so where, where are we from then? Brighton. Brighton. Lots of people from Sheffield. I did just hear London. Do you know we're doing two shows there? (laughs) Whoops. Brutal to find out this way. (laughs) Sucked in, dickhead. I've started drinking early today. Now, one thing I always do at the start of the shows, and Matt loves it when I do this. Well, yeah. I say that because you had to remind me to do it when we were in Edinburgh a couple of nights ago, which was a, a very, very fun time. Uh, give me a round of applause if you've ever heard our podcast Do Go On Before. <laughs> nice. That is a relief. Okay, uh, uh, yeah, I know. Imagine if you just wandered into this dark room all the way from London. <laughs> be amazing. Uh, give me a round of applause and don't be shy if you've never heard Do Go On ever before. <laughs> it looks like it's you. But also, the flair with which she clapped. Yeah, it was like this. <laughs> yes. Damn. It. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for obviously being a tag along or Thank just you. walking into a dark room. Um, Isn't it a, it's a weird yeah. gap between us and you. <laughs> uh, 
was nice. That felt good. Uh, she was foaming at the mouth earlier. I wouldn't touch her hand. <laughs> I'd oh. wash your hands. Yeah. Oh. That's sure. Washing. Is this is this what you wanted to see? Is it? Are we doing it yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like, but that was a yeah. <laughs> I, I think guess. I'm happy. I think I'm happy. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, Matt did ten push-ups backstage before we came out. I don't here. know if there was ten. It was quite quite that impressive. Was, that was a private conversation, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you told me you did ten push-ups, <laughs> that conversation was private. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, for the people that haven't heard the show before, basically we do a report on a topic suggested by a listener, and this week it is my turn to do a topic. Yeah. It's hard not to find that that joy hurtful. Yeah. Um. No. Uh, give me a round of applause if you don't want it to be Jess or Matt doing the topic. No, don't. <laughs> you know what? Us either, to be honest. Yeah. No, you guys have more fun when you're we recording anyway. We really do. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like I've got nothing much to do here. I'm thinking about heading back to the green room. <laughs> Doing a few more push-ups? <laughs> His form was excellent, I should say. Slow, in control. It was... <laughs> I mean, we do have this space on the stage. Maybe later his arms are a little bit tired now. Oh, yeah. Obviously very good for a podcast, doing a bit of yeah. quiet exercise on the floor. We, how about we all pretend? Oh, look, he's going. Wow. Oh. 79. <laughs> 106. All right. Oh. I can't count. Um, I did have several people message me directly asking who was doing the report today. And I can't help but feel they wanted it to be you. <laughs> There was a certain subtext. Yeah. Because I won't buy tickets if it's two out of three. <laughs> okay, uh, so my, my report. Uh, we always start with a question to get us onto topic. I'm going to throw it over to Jess and Matt, and if they can't get it, then I'll throw it over to you lovely people. If we can't get it, we cannot figure it. All right, question. Which author? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like it, all right. Okay. Hey, I'm a man that respects a comma. I mean, I can see your page now, so... Which author disappeared in December 1926? Oh, it's the old lady. <laughs> you know the one, Poirot man? Uh, she was not an old lady at the time, I can uh, tell you that. Well, she is now. <laughs> I assume. If they found her. What's her name? Agatha? It is Agatha Christie. We did it. Another uh, one for me. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Jess, did you have any idea that she No, I read it on your page when you showed me your thing. <laughs> so I stayed respectfully quiet. Thank you. Yeah. Did she write these old people books when she was young? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to she had a prolific life. Well, cannot wait to hear about uh, it. Any uh, Agatha Christie fans in the crowd today? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You had no choice. Mum made you. Right. Your mum made you watch it. Uh, anyone? I'm a big, big fan of the Poirot series with David Suchet. I imagine that he is your superstar here. Any Sush heads in? Yeah, come on. It's Sush in tonight. That would make my life. David, David Suchet? Okay, he's not here. <laughs> All right. Uh, to, so, to put it into context for people who don't know Agatha Christie, she's sort of like England's Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, 
I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. You've explained that so well. <laughs> uh, so she's one of the greatest mystery writers of all time, and she created one of the most intriguing real-life mysteries when in 1926 she disappeared. <gasps> this is her story. <laughs> bum, bum. Oh, I've got to tell you. I mean, this kind of ruins the, the thing I'm building there, but it was this topic has been suggested by uh, a few people. Edward McCann from Dublin. No one? <laughs> uh, you can do it with everyone. Okay, yep. Uh, Emma from Auckland. Did Emma make it over? <laughs> it's probably uh, just as long a journey. Seba, our most prolific Icelandic listener. Seba in. Is Seba here? I love this one. Chris Williams, who just wrote, I'm from the UK. <laughs> Chris? I really want someone to be in. There's someone in, look. What? Uh, me from Glasgow, who also suggested the iron brew topic I did in Scotland two nights ago. Me. There you go. <laughs> and uh, Anastasia from Jersey City, New Jersey. Are you in? Okay, fair enough. There you go. Uh, so this is the life of Agatha Christie leading up to that mysterious, I was going to say mysterical disappearance. Uh, Agatha, Mary Clarissa Miller. Agatha! Well, I'm locked into saying that for the rest of the hour, aren't I? Uh, Agatha Mary <laughs> Clarissa Miller was born on the 15th of September, 1890. <laughs> Thank you. How that good that accent? A good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so much better than when we have Aussie style. Yeah. Like we could talk. Like our, anyway, yeah. I was being genuine, Jeff. Yeah, no. Me too. You're a mean-spirited person. <laughs> uh, she was born in Torquay in Devon in a comfortably well-off middle-class family. Her father, Frederick Miller, was a wealthy New York-born stockbroker. Her mother was the British-born Clara Miller. She was the uh, youngest of three siblings. She was mostly homeschooled by her parents, although her mother had a weird thing where she decided that Agatha shouldn't be allowed to read until she was eight years old. <laughs> okay. I wonder why eight. I don't know what happens at eight. You can suddenly... I, have I told this story on the podcast? You couldn't read till you were eight. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't read. Um, that fr A friend that I went to, uh, a friend that I knew in school, he got married and had uh, a few kids and his first... Oh, he won't... Nah, he won't listen. Um, Is he in tonight? <laughs> his first child was called Eleanor. And uh, and I was asking if they if they call her like Ellie or anything. He goes, no, no, no. Um, we won't call her Ellie until she's five. We want her to know her real name. <laughs> <laughs> They've had two more children since. Like they shouldn't breed. But because um, I somehow I must have been a child genius because I figured out that my name was Jessica. I just figured it out somehow. But your, Eleanor, Your not name's right. Jessica? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Well, Agatha was also a very clever child. She ignored her mother and taught herself to read by the age of five. Do you think oh, it's because all the books in the house were porn? <laughs> not till you're eight. <laughs> So I think that's a good rule. I think that's a good rule. No porn good till parent. you're eight. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. At least. At least. At least. Yeah. Kids these days. <laughs> Getting into porn too early. <laughs> Personal experience? I'd rather not say. Okay. 
Uh, despite this uh, weird rule, weird rule, Agatha described her childhood as very happy, and she thought herself lucky to have a wise and patient nanny named Marie. She also had a pet dog called George Washington. <laughs> yes, I met a dog the other day called Bill Murray. I just like dogs with full names. <laughs> Last name. Yeah. Was the was George Washington any relation to the president of America? Great grandchild. <laughs> That is fascinating. (laughs) Uh, Never having a real proper education and due mainly to boredom, Agatha found herself making up stories and acting out the different parts. There's nothing like boredom to make you write, she would later say. (laughs) Her father, not well since the advent of uh, financial difficulties, died after a series of heart attacks when Agatha was 11. Okay. Oh. Heartless. One, one One of you was correct. Uh, She describes this as the end of her childhood as the family went through financial strain. David Suchet, your rock star, (laughs) the actor who played Poirot in the TV series, speculates that that may be the reason that in over half of her novels, money is the motive for murder. Uh, Her mother, Clara, was... Um, spoilers. Oh, sorry, sorry. There's a lot of murder (laughs) in her murder mysteries. (laughs) Would you believe it? Uh, Her mother was distraught over her husband's death and Agatha became her mother's closest companion. So fuck you to the other two children. Uh, Agatha studied for a time in... Agatha? (laughs) Studied for a time in Paris and was a gifted pianist as a teenager. (laughs) What? No no pianist till you're eight. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. I love this. Agatha Christie's website, her official website, now claims she would have been a professional, but her extreme shyness in front of strangers prevented this from happening. Bullshit. (laughs) Bullshit. Oh, I could. I just, I don't like attention. I could have, yeah. I could have won like seven Academy Awards if I could act. (laughs) Just that one little hurdle. Cannot believe it. Is that a quote from David Suchet? Yeah. Can you believe he's never won an Academy Award? Yeah. Can you believe it? Robbed. No. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, too genuine. <laughs> too, ge- too genuine. <laughs> too real. Uh, her mother Clara's health demanded that they move to a warmer climate, and for three months they lived in Cairo, as you do. <laughs> uh, during her time there, now age 20, she went to lots of parties and wore lots of evening dresses. Again, a quote from Agatha Christie's website. Apparently she was a bit of a hit, and she met lots of other British expats and knocked back five marriage proposals. Yep. Been there. <laughs> How many? What's the marriage proposal count up to now? Eight. Wow. Yeah, no marriage till you're eight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the rule, it's a very versatile rule, it really yeah. is. <laughs> Next one, gonna do it. <laughs> so she's knocking back marriage proposals left, right, and centre. That was until a young hotshot pilot named Archie Christie came into her life in 1912. They met at a dance. Their courtship courtship was a whirlwind affair. Both were desperate to marry but had no money of their own. Oh, it's good when you're both desperate, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's when romance really flies. I I need this. I need this to work. I mean, I didn't even have to act that, so... Yeah. That was a direct quote from my own life. Uh, So it's this. He was a very attractive man... (laughs) see a lot of myself in this man. 
who her mother didn't want her to marry as she didn't think he'd treat her properly and was worried that he was attractive to women and a bit of a player. Sadly, her mother was very right, as we will later discover. Well, you should always marry an uggo. <laughs> Mark it down. It's a rule. You look. You did look right into my eyes as you said that. <laughs> You'll be fine, Matt. <laughs> nah, good on you. Um, according to Christie's autobiography, it was quote the excitement of the stranger that attracted them both. The, the strangers when you sit on your hand. <laughs> I feel like you guys know what that... I don't have to yeah, elaborate any further. No. Come on. I, I, I know that all too well. I know. <laughs> I know that technique. <laughs> I'm patting myself as the lonely I one I know, today. but it's, like, uh, when I start to pity you, you've gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need this. <laughs> I need this! <laughs> Talking to my own hand. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> And then what do you do? <laughs> A few push-ups. Get in the zone. <laughs> uh, being a pilot, in 1914, Archie went to fight in World War I. He was in the Air Force and convinced he was going to die, they got married in secret whilst he was on leave. They met infrequently during the war years and it wasn't until January 1918 when Archie was posted to the war office in London that Agatha felt her married life truly began. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't mind the idea of, like, long-distance marriage, you know? It's like getting married and not seeing them for four years. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I mean, you work out if you want to be with them by the end of that, don't you? Makes the heart grow stronger, fonder, whatever. <laughs> uh, whilst he was away, she volunteered as a nurse at a hospital in Torquay. Often quite gruesome, it really shocked the upper-class young lady. It was during the First World War that Agatha turned to writing her detective stories. She was at least partly inspired by her sister, Madge, who bet her that... I know, it's funny. It's funny. Madge and Agatha. <laughs> Beautiful names you have over here. <laughs> uh, Madge. Madge and Agatha. Madge. Uh, Madge bet Agatha that she couldn't write a good detective story. <laughs> what a supportive. I hope Madge felt like a fucking idiot <laughs> for the rest of her life. You'd be like, <sighs> yeah, that cop that Madge. Madge sucked in Madge. Why didn't Madge dare her to become a piano player, huh? Because she wasn't good enough. That's why. <laughs> we know the truth. Uh, this is all happening whilst uh, Christy was working at the hospital uh, where she came into contact with Belgian refugees and this inspired her to create the world's most famous detective, a Mr. Hercule Poirot. Ever heard of him? <laughs> Fair enough. How about David Suchet? Oh! Oh, Suchet. Yeah, he's a rock star here. He's such a rock star. I reckon there'd be a few people in here with uh, Suchet tattoos, I reckon. And he... Hold on the back. His big face. We have been talking about getting uh, a tattoo on this tour and Matt suggested that we do get matching Poirot-themed tattoos. Yeah. 
And honestly, I, re- I remember saying this real well. Yeah. What else? Go on. What else? <laughs> I'm not adverse to the idea. One of us gets the Suchet mustache. Another one gets Inspector Jap. Hastings. <laughs> I mean, Jesse was really keen on the idea. I've never seen it. Oh yeah, and I'm the other girl. What's the other guy? I'll be that girl. This Greg. is uh, Captain is Hastings. Greg? Okay, yeah, Gregory Hastings. Uh, Arthur Hastings. Arthur. <laughs> so close. Shit, I've already. Uh, it's too late, but I've already got it. Greg- <laughs> Greg Gregory Hastings. and bold. So. Just the word Gregory. Gregory. Check out my Poirot tattoo. It says Gregory. <laughs> uh, I'm still open to the idea. So all this is happening. Uh, she's meeting Belgian refugees, and uh, she creates Hercule Poirot during the war. He debuted on her pages in 1916 in a novel that she called the, the Mysterious Affair at Styles. It was, as novels often are, rejected several times, but eventually it was published in 1920. So it took four years. Yeah, it took a bit of time. Wow. Uh, the book set up many of the tropes she would be famous for. It was set at, again, spoilers if you don't like hearing the tropes. Uh, it was set at a wealthy country house with many possible suspects. A murder by poisoning. Stop looking at his lips. <laughs> fit, fit. Uh, 50% of the murders in her books are by poison. She developed her fascination with poisons during her time at a dispensary during as the war. As a snake. <laughs> she lived her mid-twenties as a snake and... Uh, <laughs> uh, she got her knowledge of poisons by training as a pharmacy assistant and that gave her a bit of the inside scoop for the rest of her writing days so that's the war Archie came back this is the hot shot the Dave Warnocky of the story if you will uh, he came home at the uh, I will not <laughs> Matt will you I need this uh, <laughs> He came back at the end of the war and took up a job in London where they had just enough money to rent a flat. Later that year, on the 5th of August, Agatha gave birth to their, birth to their only daughter, Rosalind. Rosalind. Better than Madge. <laughs> it's a little bit better than Madge. Uh, it was also this time that the mysterious affair at Styles with Poirot was taken on by a publisher who also contracted her to write five more books. Ooh. So it's all happening now. Uh, in 1922, leaving Rosalind with her nurse and her mother, she and Archie travelled across the British Empire promoting the Empire Exhibition of 1924. In Cape Town, South Africa, she became one of the first Europeans to learn to surf standing up. (laughs) (laughs) I guess before that it was, do you you guys call it boogie boarding here? I heard a definite no. (laughs) But also an enthusiastic yeah. Yeah. So I think she's just being polite. On Um, one of their many surf beaches over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the lead surf like? Strong. 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 Uh, she may have been the first female Briton to achieve the feat of standing up while surfing. All I'm hearing in my head is na 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 uh, in 1925, Christie and her family left London for Sunningdale, where they lived in a house named Styles after her first novel. She also got her first car, and everything was going great. She changed publishing deals and continued to write. And in the novel, the merger of the merger, 
Also murder. Of Roger Ackroyd, she was the first writer to have the murderer be the narrator of the book. Hmm. I feel like things are going a little too well for her. Hell yeah. She was at the top of her game and always ahead of the curb when it came to the crime genre. Everything was going a little too well. <laughs> I just called that. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. <sighs> Money was now coming in with a young daughter and husband. It all seemed to be going swimmingly for Agatha, I wrote here. Okay. Or surfingly. Didn't write that, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank then, God. In her autobiography, she writes, quote, The next year in my life is one that I hate recalling. So often in life, when one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong. Is that a threat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that felt do, like fun. Do not let one thing go wrong, because it's all going wrong. I'll just do that anytime you need a sip. Oh, please, that'd be. <laughs> would really just make. Let me get to the keychain. It makes eventually. makes drinking beer way more exciting. <laughs> Uh, it's and more extreme. <laughs> right, it's not hard to see why Christy disliked the next year in her life. First of all, her husband Archie, who did turn out to be a massive player, started carrying on with golfer and friend of the family Nancy Neal. I love this line from AgathaChristie.com. Archie was a keen golfer. Agatha, not. <laughs> that really makes it seem like it's her fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you'd been into golf. Yeah. Uh, this is the same year that Agatha's mother, Clara, died, and she was devastated by the loss. So there's two hits already. Agatha was in charge of clearing out her childhood house where she grew up, and she was doing this one day when Archie turned up and announced that he was having an affair with Nancy Neal and that he wanted a divorce. For Agatha, this was all too much. What a dog. What an absolute dog. George Washington. <laughs> yeah. So I zoned out for a bit. Are we talking about George Washington again? <laughs> What a dog. (laughs) (laughs) You thinking about George Washington? Yeah. What's he doing? Oh, he's doing little flips. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) He's surfing. Wish I'd had a sip. Uh, On Friday, uh, December 3rd, 1926, Agatha Christie got up from her armchair and went into her sleeping daughter's room and kissed the now seven-year-old Rosalind goodbye. Oh, one more year till porn. (laughs) (laughs) Hang in there, Rosalind. (laughs) We all remember our first porn. (laughs) Tell us about yours. (laughs) Nah. <laughs> oh, wanka, 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 wanka. Look, I had a crack there, but um, <laughs> I mean, oh, wanka, 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 was yours? Wanka. That was me trying to do porn surf music. Yeah, huh? Did I did translate. That was great. Thank you. Wanka, wanka, wanka. <laughs> what are you doing with your hand? Playing, I'm slapping, slapping my dick. Um, <laughs> 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 that is regret face. You've got the. <laughs> You've got one of the lowest voices of anyone I know, and even when you play uh, your dick, it sounds like a bass guitar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my god, my god, my god. I thought he was travelling with his bass guitar. Turns out oh, those no. noises we can hear from his room are very different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we shared a room that sorry, first night. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> oh, I was like, oh, he's just listening to the listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers again. <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> when you feel the funk, Dave. <laughs> All right, so she kissed Rosalind goodbye. Then she climbed into her, her Morris Cowley car and drove off into the night. She was reported missing by her family the next morning. A bit eager. She could have just popped out for milk. Got to wait a certain amount of time, don't you? How long would you wait? <laughs> wait, who's gone missing? Because <laughs> it's a different answer for each person. Agatha Christie. Oh. Poor. A week? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I haven't seen anybody seen eggs. I'd call her eggs. Um, call, and then... call up Madge. Ugh. Anyway, it didn't take police long to locate her car several miles away, abandoned in a remote location called Newlands Corner. There was no evidence of the car having been involved in an accident. Her coat and driver's license were on the back seat, but Christy was nowhere to be seen. Police were immediately worried, and her disappearance would spark one of the largest manhunts ever mounted. Agatha Christie was already a famous writer at this time and more than 1,000 policemen were assigned to the case, along with hundreds of civilians. 1,000 policemen? Yeah. That's all of them. I mean, it, it would have been a great Surely. time great time to commit a crime. Is that all the cops? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, all the cops. 300 men with dogs also searched for her. Three, yeah, okay, great. And it was the first search... So it was 301. We'd have to shoot one of the dogs. Oh. I'm sorry. 300. That's Great. Right. Proceed. Don't worry. It was 300 exactly. That's because they shot a couple of the dogs. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was also the first search to use aeroplanes. Ah, oh, how? Two, two aeroplanes. No, I didn't say how many. <laughs> I said how did they use them? Looking out the window. Oh, yeah. She's not down there. Oh, that could be her. Oh, that's an ant. Oh, we're not even off the ground yet. <laughs> I haven't been in a plane before. <laughs> Look at that. That guy's about to lose his shit <laughs> when that plane takes off. <laughs> oh, where'd that ant go? <laughs> now we got two missing people. Uh, <laughs> uh, some people claim that 15,000 people came, to, came out to look for it. No matter how many, it was, it was a massive search. Police were worried that she may have fallen down one of the many gravel pits in the area and that she may have been lying at the bottom, bottom of one of them, hurt and helpless. Police also expressed concern that she'd been the victim of serious crime. Tax fraud. <laughs> it's serious, Jess. I know. It was front page news across the UK and when she didn't turn up for over a week... Aha, thank you. Uh, it was front page news all over the world, including the New York Times. It's Two hours for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Is Thanks, you. <laughs> Do I understand? What, wait, what's the context of that? <laughs> <laughs> Just so you... If you were missing... Oh, great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Thanks, yeah, mate. Yeah. Six months. <laughs> <laughs> David Suchet, about one minute. <laughs> Look, um, I've actually also got an app open here that tracks his movements. <laughs> He's at Harrods right now, doing quite well for himself. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's fr news all over the world. Dave, if you're tracking him on your device, how is he going missing? Oh, that's how he avoids. If he goes, if he 
disappears off this for one minute, I will have to leave. I'm sorry. <laughs> Does sorry. he know about the tracking? Oh, no. Okay. It's safer for him if he doesn't know. Have you used the tracking to meet him in person or are you doing it to avoid meeting oh, him? No, no, I've never met him. Sure. Well, I've seen him, but he hasn't seen me. How did you put the... Where is the tracker? In, in his moustache? Yeah. It's in his butt, isn't it? One of you is correct. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't have a real moustache. <laughs> Does he have a real butt? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. That <laughs> Does oh, he yeah. have a butt? Oh, yeah. oh, hell yeah. Anyway, it seemed to be as good a mystery as she could ever write, except that it was happening in real life. Every day, the stories of what could have happened to her got crazier and crazier, with the press speculating wildly. Apparently, close to where the car was found was a natural spring known as the Silent Pool, where two young children were reputed to have died. Some journalists ventured to suggest that the novelist may have deliberately drowned herself there. Newspapers offered a large £100 reward for anyone that spotted her, and this inspired more people to go on the hunt. Mm. So everyone's looking for ag. With the book selling well and the fact that she was a household name by this point, outwardly it looked like she was on top of the world. If she had chosen to dis disappear, people couldn't work out why. There were rumours that she'd been murdered by her husband, Archie, who some people now talking to the press were saying she was a serial cheater and he was known to have the mistress, Nancy Neal, golf player. The UK's Home Secretary, William... Jo William Joynson... <laughs> One more time. William Joynson Hicks. I can only assume he's from New Jersey. I can only assume that. Joynson. It's Johnson with a Y. Love it. Joynson. Am I saying that right? You're reading it like you've never re read it before, but you wrote this. William Joynson. Okay. <laughs> uh, so he's a big deal. He's a home, home secretary in the UK. He, he's freaking out because no one, no one can find it. It's looking bad for him. So he urged the police to make faster progress in finding her as it did not look good for the police, her being missing for so long. Uh, History Extra recalls that two of Britain's most famous crime writers, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, creator of Sherlock Holmes, and Dorothy L. Sayers, author of the Lord Peter Whimsey series, were both drawn into the search as experts. Their specialist knowledge, it was hoped, would find the missing writer. They're experts in writing. I know. Have you tried looking for her in a library? <laughs> Or a cafe with Wi-Fi. <laughs> he tips his hat and leaves. What a hero. Hmm? You've spaced out again, haven't you? No. <laughs> now, so Arthur Conan Doyle's uh, been employed. And if you've heard my report on Sherlock Holmes, you'll remember that one of Arthur Conan Doyle's specialist skills was cult stuff concerning the afterlife. After his son died in the war, he went a little bit strange and believed in fairies as well as many other supernatural things. He went a little <laughs> bit strange. <Yeah. laughs> I'm being polite. I'm going to put that on my tombstone. That, she could, went a little bit strange. Could you say it in a way that's less polite? What are you trying to say? He lost it big time. <laughs> Basically, he tried to use paranormal powers to solve the mystery of where Agatha Christie was. Okay. Well, he, I didn't see anybody else coming up with any ideas, yeah. so... <laughs> He took one of Christie's gloves to a famous medium, hoping that it would give answers where no normal police work had failed. It didn't. <laughs> so, uh, any theories at this point from you guys? Mole people. Interesting. Interesting. Obviously. Matt, any theories as to... Yeah, I reckon, I reckon she's just 
she's just looking for inspiration for a book, right? She's just needs a getaway. Yeah, but she's also like, she. I reckon she's just yeah. She, did she end up turning this into a night boat to Cairo or some sort of big story? Night boat to Cairo. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of hers, isn't it? Or night is ma- boat. I oh, know. What's a night boat? No, I think it's a it's a madness song. Sorry. Um, what's that? She's got a Cairo boat as well. Anyway, death, death, death on the Nile. Nile. Death boat to Cairo. Listen up. Well, on December the fourteenth, nineteen twenty-six, she turned up. <gasps> how long? How long has she been missing? She's been away for a couple of weeks. Okay, it was just a nice getaway. She was alive. Did we let people know we were leaving Australia? <laughs> Yeah, we got, we, got some, we got some calls to make. Just don't mind Matt for a minute. Um, can you message my mum in there as well? Yes. Uh, she was alive and well at the Swan Hydro, now the old Swan Hotel in Harrogate, or Harrogate, just 16 miles from where we are right oh, a now. A few Harry heads in. Huh? There's a Harrogate in the front really? row. Have you been to the, uh, the old Swan Hotel? Probably got married there, Dave. He's basically David Suke or whatever. (laughs) Did you know the connection when you went there? (laughs) So I imagine none of of this is impressing you so far. (laughs) Nah, yeah. Yeah. Right, okay, he's pretty honest, this guy. (laughs) We love that. Uh, so it, it is just 16 miles or 25k uh, kilometers from where we are right now. Thank very, you very for close. converting Which that is for why, me. Yeah, thank you. Which is why I chose this as a topic because we're so close and we can go the, to that hotel. No, absolutely not. Right. Well, 16 miles. I'm walking after this. <laughs> so she's turned up, but more questions were raised. However, as Christy herself was unable to provide any clues as to what had happened to her, she apparently remembered nothing. Okay. Police seemed to come to the conclusion that Agatha Christie had left home and travelled to London, crashing and then abandoning her car en route. So she's driving to London, but it crashed on the way. She then somehow, still a mystery, travelled the 30 miles to King's Cross Station in London, where she boarded a train to Harrogate. On arriving at the spa town, she checked into the Swan Hydro on December the 4th with almost no luggage. One of the strangest things is that she checked in under the assumed name of Theresa Neal, which is the surname of her husband's mistress. <laughs> I mean, that would be the name that would be on your mind a lot, probably. Yeah, yeah. and she also claimed that she was from South Africa. Did she do an accent? Because that's not okay. (laughs) And if she did, I think it would sound a little something (laughs) like this. Hello, I'm Theresa May. (laughs) No, Theresa May, that's a different one. (laughs) Hello. Hello. (laughs) Fuck. Did you guys know the truth about your Prime Minister? Ask for a birth certificate, so I'm saying. <laughs> I'm a truther. <laughs> Teresa truther. <laughs> uh, I don't know what Harrogate's like these days, but apparently it was the height of elegance in the 1920s. Is it still like that? People are laughing. <laughs> it was quite the place to be for young wealthy types, and Agatha did nothing to arouse suspicion as she joined in with all the balls, dancers, and the entertainment. You've got to hide in plain sight at the ball. Uh, she wasn't recognised, which might seem strange because she's such a famous person. Yeah, but, but she was doing the accent. Yeah. <laughs> which sounded a little something like this. How's it? I'm Theresa Neal. Not bad. 
I, I like. <laughs> I, I like the ball. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, Matt, what would it sound like if she was Borat like... Borat was there too. Yeah. <laughs> I like the ball. What would it sound like if she had some sort of, uh, like, diplomatic immunity? Oh, yeah, that would have been the one to go for. Um, ha. <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, stop laughing. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Hi. I have diplomatic immunity. <laughs> My name is Teresa, whatever you said before. And it's weird that she was carrying guns with her to this ball as well. But I mean, yeah, that's, that would have sounded a bit like. <laughs> <clears throat> Whoa, it's so realistic. No, that was just me clearing my. Oh, wow. <clears throat> that was the gun. Oh. <laughs> he is good. The man of a thousand noises. The, the first time is clapping. Yeah. That must be fucking bizarre to you. <laughs> I don't even get it. You love balls. That is very funny and deserve more, to be honest, but... <laughs> <laughs> I just love balls. <laughs> fucking hell. That's good. Do we get that? We get that on tape? <laughs> Two thumbs up. Thank Two you. Thumbs up. Thanks, Dave. Uh, so, it's weird that she might not be recognised, but she, she was being a writer, she was a household name, but people didn't necessarily know what she looked like. Sure. She could blend in a little bit. Uh, eventually, she was recognised by one Much of the... Much like being a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> Hide in plain sight, you know? Except I walk around going, Hello, I'm Jess Perkins! <laughs> and they go, Please stop yelling at me, madam. I'm a podcaster! <laughs> <laughs> and people say, What does that mean? Yeah, mostly my grandma. Um, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, growing, getting bigger, it all means the same thing. Squarespace <laughs> makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And if you're worried about like, well, I don't know how to write stuff for a website and make myself look good, well, you can get help with the written content for your website with Squarespace AI. You can generate instant personalized results that highlight your brand identity you can explain what your site's about choose your tone enter what you need and bang you got some short and long form text baby so squarespace ai makes it easy to go live stand out and succeed online i'm so glad you had that bit because i thought it was pronounced squarespace ai (laughs) (laughs) anyway sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download. I don't know if I'm hitting all these words as <laughs> intended, like PDFs, music, or ebooks. I would love to buy Matt's ebook. I'd like to buy Matt's course, and you you can do that. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Be more like Matt. 
Oh, okay. 101. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How many? One, does it go to 102? It goes all the way to 102. <laughs> <laughs> You can customise everything with next generation editing technology. You can create engaging lessons your audience will love and then set the price. You can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Matt, how much is it to be more like Matt 101? Oh, three mil. Wow. Wow. Like per month or? Yeah, USD. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash do. Do go on. She doesn't get it. I don't get it. My parents tried to explain to my 94-year-old grandma what we were doing here. It's like, it's a podcast. And she's like, what? It's a bit like a radio show. She's like, oh, okay. And people can listen at home. She's like, oh, okay. Why are they turning up to see it live? <laughs> a very Thanks. good question. Thanks, Grandma. Thanks a lot, Grandma. 94 years old. Uh, eventually... Uh, Agatha was recognised by one of the hotel's banjo players, Bob Tappan. The banjo. Which one's that again? What does a banjo sound like? I think it might sound a little something like this. (laughs) No, actually, because there's multiple banjos, I think it would be good if we could hear dueling banjos. Yeah. All from me. Yeah. Was that it? But a ding 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 ding. Oh, yes. dang 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 I lost control of that light. <laughs> Fantastic. Their patience for that bit is running out if you want to just. Yeah, I'll, I'll pop the brakes on it now, sorry. Uh, so... Oh, will I? <laughs> so the banjo player recognised her. Uh, he tipped off her, her husband. Oh, he told police, and they tipped off her husband, Colonel Christie, Christie, who came to collect Agatha immediately. Respectively, Bob, the banjo player, didn't go to the press and claim the one hundred pound reward, which would have created a media storm. Bob, the banjo player. <laughs> yes. Can he pluck it? <laughs> <laughs> but should he? Look, I'm. Every now and then I'll say something and you guys will sigh, and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's had another go, hasn't he? Uh, So he didn't sell her out to the press, but the press got wind of the story anyway, and the media rush arrived to get photos of her leaving the hotel, and this hit the front pages again around the world. Amazingly, Christy left her cheating husband waiting in a badass move. When the cheater arrived, she kept him uh, waiting in the hotel lounge while she decided to change into an evening dress. Yes. Badass. Ah, so there's some theories. Over the years, there's been a lot of theories as to what caused and exactly happened during this 11-day disappearance. Archie claimed that his wife was suffering from amnesia and had no recollection of the events. Some speculated that it, uh, she did it to publicise her books and boost some sales. Well, any publicity is good publicity, <laughs> I guess. And because of this, many were furious at the funds and resources that were wasted on the search in their eyes. Another theory was that perhaps she did it for revenge against her cheating husband. Perhaps she disappeared hoping that eventually he would be arrested for her murder. And even when she reappeared, perhaps this uh, would be uh, sufficiently uh, enough to tarnish his image in the long run. And in her book, she's a criminal mastermind, so why wouldn't she be one in real life? Others have speculated that she suffered a concussion-like brain injury in the car crash and then had no idea what she was doing. But probably the most common theory, other than the publicity stunt, is that her disappearance was the side effect of some sort of mental breakdown. According to her biographer, Andrew Norman, the novelist may well have been in what is known as a fugue state, or more technically, a psychogenic trance. 
It's a rare condition brought on by trauma or depression. And in this case, the death of her mother and the breakdown of her marriage may have caused her to not realise what she was doing during that period. Right. Uh, Norman says the uh, adoption of her new personality, Theresa Neal, and her failure to recognise herself in the newspapers were signs that she had fallen into psychogenic amnesia. There's also speculation that it was a, an aborted suicide attempt. In 1934, Christie wrote Unfinished Portrait, a semi-autobiographical novel under the her pen name Mary Westmacott. In this book, a character called... You can pick any name! I know. In this book, a character called Celia attempts suicide and Christie writes, it was wicked of her to even consider taking her own life. And a lot of people have said that's her writing about this incident. But throughout the rest of her life, Agatha herself never publicly discussed the disappearance and apparently never spoke of this time with her family or friends. Okay. She, All right. She also barely mentioned the incident in her autobiography. Despite it being one of the most famous weeks of her life, she just wrote down how she hated notoriety of any kind and that the press were so unbearable she found it hard to go on living at that time. And that is the only mention of this incident in her autobiography. So what? She gets back in the car and they're driving her home. They're like, what happened? She's like, yeah. we're not talking uh-uh, about uh-uh. it. Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh. It's like a like a angsty teenager. I don't talk about it. That was me as a teenager. <laughs> and an adult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you'll be pleased to hear, guys, that she bounced back. She made a quick recovery, both health and career-wise, and continued on writing. Agatha and Archie remained apart, and finally, accepting her marriage was over in 1928, they divorced. And Archie married his mistress... There you go. Uh, one of Agatha's lifelong ambitions had been to travel on the Orient Express. Okay, the night boat. To Cairo. <laughs> night boat train. The night boat train to Georgia. Anyway. Uh, and she took her first journey in 1928 after her marriage broke down. It was at an archaeological site in Ur in Mesopotamia, which is modern-day Iraq, that she met the 25-year-old archaeologist in training, Max... Malaman, who was to become her second husband. How old is she at this point? She's about 36, 37. Cool. She's made him up. <laughs> uh, Max uh, Malaman. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got, new, you got a new man in your life. Yeah, what's his name? Max. Yeah, Max. Malaman. 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 Uh, Max was asked to uh, to show Agatha around the the archaeological sites, which he found fascinating, and they found each other's company relaxing. They married in 1930, and by this time she had already written a dozen books. Her second world-famous character, Miss Marple, also debuted in that year in a novel called Murder at the Vicarage. 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 Oh, it's a fun word. It is nice. With vicarage. The, with the ability... Vicarage. Everyone. Vicarage. vicarage. That's very... Yeah. They just say it nice like normal people. Vicarage. <laughs> That's them. <laughs> That's what you sound like to us. <laughs> oh, vicarage. Well, how do we say it? Ah, uh, vicarage. <laughs> we really are the worst. Yeah, we're the worst. We suck. Uh, with the ability to see the worst in everyone, uh, she based her... This is Agatha Christie basing Miss Marple on her own grandmother. Her ability to see the worst in everyone. Yeah. Oh, brutal. Cop that grand. That's not a good... That's not a trait you want. 
Well, he was lovely waiter. Probably a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Agatha! You know who doesn't see the worst in everyone? Mr. David Suchet. <laughs> what a kind soul. Where is he? Checking in? Oh, he's just doing a bit more shopping. Now he's on Ox- Oxford Street in London. Primark, a bit below his taste, I thought. <laughs> all right. Takes all sorts. How many times did you go to Primark oh. in the two days we were in London? See this shirt? <laughs> it's a Primark! <laughs> he was like, we'd be kind of near it. He was like, oh, we need, we need Primark. It's like, off you go. It's all Primark and that, what's that? Patamonje or something? Patamonje. <laughs> <laughs> He loved that joint. He loves oh, I, lo- I love Patamonja. Do you guys have that in Leeds, Patamonja? <laughs> Greg's is better. Greg's is better. <laughs> <laughs> Greg heads in. Gre- you'd love my Gregory tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's is better. Greg's is better. We went to a Greg's in Edinburgh. <laughs> Big fan of Greg's. Yeah. I mean, there is definitely one person leading that. Are What's you related going to Greg? On? I love Greg! Yeah. And the people are with you. That's the best. All right, list other things you like. <laughs> so, Greg's is genuinely popular. All right. No lovers of Pret then. Pret is for losers. Well, I guess you can call me a loser, baby. Because I love Brett. I also love Greg's. Wow. I did not want to lose the crowd over Pret. It's not worth it. That would not be worth it. That was the best. Greg's had a Greg's had a grapefruit salad. Have you had a Greg's fruit salad? Yes, I fucked up. <laughs> Cheese, beans, and sausage melt. Yeah. You guys really know how to do food. <laughs> do you guys want me to bring up the Greg's menu and we'll just go through it? <laughs> Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. It's all thumbs up. Who goes to Greg's for a salad? A man that's struggling to shit, okay? <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Jess has left. So we've lost, lost Jess. Um. Sorry that I had to get so real, mate. Did it help? I'm How, sharing yeah, a I bathroom mean, with yeah. him. Did it help? The answer is, is there anything Greg can't fix? <laughs> Go, Matt, Greg. can I use your bathroom later? Nothing makes me shit more than <laughs> Greg's. <laughs> Greg's! <laughs> 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 Alright, we're nearly here for the end of uh, Agatha's report. So she marries Max and he's an archaeologist and uh, he became a big influence on her writing. The exotic locations that she visited with him like Egypt, Mesopotamia and then stuff like the Orient Express became locations in her books and this really set her apart from her contemporaries yet again. She's but re- she mentioned other places. But, uh, everything else was set at Greg's or something <laughs> uh, As a rule, Agatha wrote two or three books a year. And when with Max, often wrote a chapter or two during quiet mornings and then helped him out on the archaeological digs in the afternoon. Oh, teamwork. So, love that. Yeah, the, the real power couple. Power couple. Love it. Yes, yeah, support each other. 
Similar to, they're kind of like England's very own Posh and Bex. <laughs> I was trying to think of a more, what's that, you know, the woman and the guy from recently? <laughs> I was going for them and then I ended up... The woman and the guy? You meant Harry and Meghan. Harry and Meghan, thank you. <laughs> man, oh. The man and the woman. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, technically. But you're quite far from right. One's from Suits and one's from the palace. What a star-crossed lovers. Did that make the news here? It was big down in Australia. <laughs> Did you guys get that here? You got that? No. <laughs> um, so World War II broke out and Agatha again uh, volunteered. It was during this World War II that she became a grandmother when her daughter Rosalind gave birth to her son, a, or a son, Matthew. By 1950, after the war... A beautiful name. Love those English names. (laughs) Madge. (laughs) Matt. Oh, no. (laughs) We're not so different, you and I, Madge. (laughs) Did you only just figure out that your name is Matthew? (laughs) Okay. I wasn't allowed to know that until I was 102. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, by 1950, Agatha had already sold 50 million books and uh, started to slow down her output. I say slow down, but her Play the Mousetrap opened in the West End in 1952 and it's been running ever since, becoming easily the longest-running play of all time with over 26,000 performances now. Yeah, it hasn't finished yet. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't found the killer. <laughs> it's also a great board game. <laughs> Mousetrap? Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I said it. Yeah, no. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. We should finish this combo later. <laughs> yeah, right. According to the official Mousetrap website, during its 66-year the run... The game or the... <laughs> they share a website. Could you believe that? <laughs> it's very confusing. No, during its 66-year run, the play, there have been no fewer than 474 actors and actresses appearing in the play, 279 understudies, and 142 miles of shirt that has been ironed for the play. How many big silver balls? <laughs> that was a little niche bit there, but the ones who liked it really yeah, liked I'll it. Clap him. Uh, my favourite kind of applause is a smattering, so thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better, because the thing I love about a smattering is it takes as much effort for the people not to clap as it does for those to clap. <laughs> They're just ignoring it. <laughs> Nah. <laughs> Silver balls, all right. It's good stuff. You'll get it later. Yeah, it's a thinker. Uh, Agatha's last... <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye, man. Agatha's last public appearance was at the opening night of the 1974 film version of Mo- Mo- Moida. Moida on the, on the Orient Express, starring Albert Finney as Hercule Poirot. Her verdict... A good adaptation with the minor point that Poirot's moustaches weren't luxurious enough. You know whose lux- uh, moustaches are luxurious enough? David Suchet nailed it. Oh my goodness. Down, he's got an egg shaped head exactly like she described. What perfect casting. Just let you think about that. Uh, the final novel published in her lifetime had in fact been written many decades earlier. It was called Curtain. Poirot's Last Case. Christie wrote the novel in the early 1940s during the Second World War, partly fearing for her own survival and partly wanting to have a fitting end for Poirot's series of novels. Christie had the novel locked away in a bank vault for over 30 years. 
Knowing that she could no longer write any novels, the elderly Christie authorised Curtin's removal from the vault and subsequently its publication in 1975. Can you imagine her rereading it, though? After 30 years. You've forgotten it a little bit? No, she would have forgotten it and also been like, this is trash. <laughs> if I looked at something I wrote 30 years ago, uh, it wouldn't exist. Um, <laughs> All right, Matt, if you looked at something you'd written 30 years ago... It would have been, oh, I've had another great-grandchild. Um, <laughs> is it, I reckon if I, if I put it in a vault and got it out and went, really, curtain? A mystery about, something about you'd, something you'd curtains? <laughs> what happened? Like, curtains were taken? Sounds stupid. Yeah. What? Yep. Well, I can tell you, it sees the old duo of Poirot and Hastings team up for the last time, meeting again at Styles, where they'd first appeared together 50 years earlier in their first novel. She wrote the novel at the height of her powers and for decades knew how the series would end. Her powers. Oh, she was a witch. Oh, <laughs> at the height of her powers. <laughs> it's a very evil novel. Got it. Uh, she died peacefully the next year on the 12th of January 1976 at the age of 85. She is buried in the churchyard of St Mary's near Wallingford. And finally, just a bit about her legacy. According to the Guinness World Records, she's the world's best-selling fiction writer with her 78 crime novels having sold an estimated... 78. 78. Uh, Two more. Right, two more. Or stop, three ago. Well, they have sold an estimated 2 billion copies in 44 languages. Dave, can I just quickly do my impress, imp- impersonation of the character from Poirot called... What's the, what's the psychic's Gregory's name again? Captain Hastings. Does anyone know that show with uh, David Suckett? <laughs> I've been working on this because I've been... Dave, go, I watched the first season. I really like it. I love this. I love Gregory heaps. And and I re- I'm, I'm not fucking around. I reckon I, this is exactly what he sounds like, right? What's his go. surname again? Hastings. Hastings, Hastings, right. I say. (laughs) That is great. If you knew the source, that is great. I say. Nailed it. Clap again. You didn't deserve it the first time. Whoa. Let them clap. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Let them clap. Let clappers be. Little smattering there. I got two smatterings back to back. I say. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Greg's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my final sentence is: uh, her books continue to sell well, and her royalties are estimated to be in the millions every year. So good on her one grandchild, Matthew. Uh, she is outsold only. By the Bible and William Shakespeare. What a life for Agatha Christie! Thank you so much. Let's all do it. Thank you. That was the best. I just sculled at least one-eighth of a drink. Whoa. Whoa. 
for your tiny throat. Yeah, my tiny gullet, that is impressive. That's very good. Uh, But that uh, (laughs) pretty much leads, brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I say. I say. Good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) My grandma, the 94-year-old, actually says that. Good she Lord. surprised by something. My parents told her they were going to Russia for a holiday, and her response was, Good Lord! <laughs> <laughs> it's still the 1940s for her. I'm like, Ah, oh, I'm going to Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord! <laughs> the UK, she was fine with that. She was okay. totally fine with that. Oh. She <laughs> said, Say hi to Winston. <laughs> <laughs> her old school chum. Good Lord. <laughs> Guys, give it up for Dave. Why don't give it his oh, report? Thank you. Uh, that was a bit of fun. Thank you uh, so much for coming out. It really, it does blow our minds that we could come to Leeds, a place that I have never been to before, none of us have ever been to before, yeah. and that you all turn up. So thank you so much. Give yourselves a big round of applause. Yeah. Saturday afternoon. Even even the venue were like, oh, what is this? And is it going to sell tickets? And it yeah. did. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's very nice of you. And having said that, we'd like to thank, uh, thank you to The Wardrobe. Fantastic venue. Amazing. We've got Dave on sound. Trey, the manager, okay. helped us with everything. Fantastic. It's been an absolute delight to, to be here. So I guess the plan is now we're going to wrap up. If you would like to uh, hang out for a bit, we've, uh, we've got some T-shirts that will be selling over there in the corner. If you just want to come up, say hello or get a photo or anything, um, please do stick around. It's going to be a bit of fun. Yep. Uh, that brings us to the, the end of the episode. Matt, Jess, do you have anything else you need to say? No. <laughs> Apart from um, long live Greg's and... Um, God bless you all, and uh, be nice to each other, and good on that man and woman. All right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Bye bye. And we're back at the famous glass table with my famous legs. Wow, what an emotional roller coaster that report was. That really we laughed, was. we cried, we learned. About Greg's. Oh. So much. So much passion for Greg's here. I love that. I love that passion. I don't think um, Australians or Melbournians would be that passionate about anything. Yeah, like football. Never mind. Baker's Delight versus. (laughs) Brumbies. Brumbies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mm. And the the little shopping village near my parents' house where I grew up had both. Um, But I would go to the Baker's Delight because it was closer. Owned by the same company, I believe. Are they? Yeah. Ah. Well, they th- make you think like you're you're picking one over the other, but really, that's just one person getting rich. Mr. Brumby. Yeah, Big Baker's. Big Baker Brumby. Yeah. 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 Love that. He is a delight, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and yes, thanks again to everyone that did come to our lead show. It was a very, very fun time. And uh, at the end of every episode, what we like to do, of course, Matthew, is thank you... Thank you. <laughs> Thank me. Oh well, no worries. You do really. a great job. It's all part of the part of the deal. <laughs> but also thank some of our Patreon supporters yes. who keep this little show rocking and or rolling. And they keep these three little podcasters fed. Yes. Thank you. We're gonna go out for some food after this. I'm we? Thank so you. excited. I'm very hungry. Yeah. Second meal of the day. Yeah, we've got to start eating better. It's getting late at night. Yeah. Two meals a day isn't... That's not the right... What is it again? It should be three. three. Nine. Nine meals a day. Nine small portions. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that Ooh, was a well, fun that's sound. The, uh, 
boner alarm. Dave <laughs> just got hard. Well, oh boy, seven fifty p.m. Um, why are you so surprised? Boner o'clock. <gasps> nah, we need to thank some people who support the show and keep us fed. Yes, and I believe do we also have a fact quote or question? Matt? Yes, of course we do. Everyone's <laughs> favourite segment and on the Google podcast. And let's just pad now while Matt finds that section. <laughs> Glad of it's, the a, it's in a very similar place in my computer. This week's fact quote or question is from a first time fact quote or questioner, uh, Jacoby the Angel. Wow. J- Jess, could you have a crack at no, that? No, you nailed it. That's what you would say? Yeah. Give us an alternative just in case. Jacoby Dangle. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I'm going to go with Jess on this one. Okay. That's a Jacoby. Jacoby Dangle. Oh. Uh, and Jacoby, uh, with the fact quote or question, a patron each week uh, gets to give us a fact quote or question. Uh, they also get to give themselves a title. Um, and this week, I'm j- I'll just read out the full message from Jacoby. <laughs> yep. Uh, great maker of power drills. Jacoby. Jacoby. Uh and this is the message. It uh, includes the question and his title. Hello, Matt, Jess, and Dave. I've decided to take the title of writer, director, cinematographer, editor, producer, executive producer, and best boy of the Do Go On movie. Wow, it's a lot of titles. It will have action, drama, sex, comedy, crime, mystery, and Nazis, of course. Fuck. Shotgun, uh, me getting the sex part. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Sucked in, boy. Well, you, I mean, you got to write it in to get it, don't you? <laughs> My question to you is, which actors would you like to play the three leading roles? Oh, have we been asked this something, or have we just discussed this amongst ourselves? No, recently? it was on the page. It was on a yeah, Patreon bonus episode. Um, I think Kobe Smolders for me. You're a Kobe Smolders. Yep. And that is. Uh, the actor from Who's Your Dad? <laughs> no, Where's Your Mum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Where's Your Mum? Where's Your Mum? That long-running sitcom. Where's Your Mum? Where's Your Mum? Which one's your mum? Which one's your mum? <laughs> With Kobe Smulders. Who's and your mummy? Yeah. Who's your mummy? <laughs> I don't even know what show who's you're your referring <laughs> How I Met Your Mother. Oh, who's your mummy? It <laughs> yeah. sounds like like the like the Danish translation or something. <laughs> yeah, who's your mummy? Who is your mummy? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, obvi- and obviously, Dave, you you'd be played by Steve Buscemi's son. Yes, um, if he has one, Steve Buscemi Junior. Yeah, mm. Junior Bush. Uh, what and me? Who would I have? I mean, if what at what age? I mean, I'd I'd love to have um, probably. Here we go. Uh, who we got here? Uh, David Wenham, uh, Australian okay. actor. Yep. Fisherman Fred from uh, Ship to Shore. <laughs> None of that's right. <laughs> uh, sea Change he was in as yes. Diver Dan. Um, Diver Dan. But he's older than me, so I don't know if that works. No, but he played Future You. He played Future It's going to be a long time before oh, right. a movie's made of us, to be oh, honest. Okay, great. Um, so by that time, you'll be dead, and but then, he'll be younger somehow. And then Super Future Me, I'll have uh, Rod, Rod Quantock. I yeah. knew Rod Quantock, of course. Yeah. Well, I've, I've Googled Steve Buscemi's son. He actually is an actor, Lucian Buscemi. Yes. That's and a great name. This is what we're, oh, oh my yes, God. That, is, that works. He looks so much like his dad. He looks more like you than his dad does. Yeah. Dave, that's weird. Never se- I mean, Can he's you? got these you sexy, with a lot of makeup sexy cheekbones. Yeah. I don't have that. He's, well, he's got a lot of makeup yeah, and he's we really can, pouting his Babe, cheekbones. Babe, we can there. contour that on you, no problem. Really? Yes. I like that a lot. Really. And um, 
What okay, about so? There's... Well, no, we're not done with me yet. <laughs> of course, we're not. <laughs> Who's current me and and baby me? Uh, Ron Weasley from the Harry Potter movies. Well, I mean, Ron Weasley's a fictional character. Do you mean Rupert Grint? Yes, Rupert Grint. <laughs> he Ru- can play current me, or younger me. Yeah, come on, mate. How old would he be? He's a year older than Dave and I. Oh, just a baby. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously child me would be um, Prince Harry's soon to be born yes. daughter or son. Yeah. <laughs> Versatile actor. Are they having a kid? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll be me, baby. So baby, we can do the whole life. All right, toddler. Okay. Mm. This is exhausting. Maybe a wombat. Um, All right. And D- then dyed red. Dyed red, yep. I think we've answered the question. But I don't want about young adult. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, who would play young adult you? Do you know any redheads in that age frame? I mean, don't typecast yourself. What was that guy? And also, you can dye hair. What about that guy who used to sing with uh, red hair? That used to sing with red hair? Hmm. David Bowie? Yes. Bowie, we'll get him to play me deceased. <laughs> Rest in peace. Okay, Dave, and you're going to be... Lucian Bashimi. Lucian Bashimi. Oh, I love it. It's a great, oh my fantastic God. name. Fantastic name. Fantastic. That is a fantastic name. Maybe Rachel McAdams. I for, like her. For Matt as a teenager. Okay, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. She is fantastic. Could She's I get so Kate Blanchett as, as teenage me? Yes, yes, she could do it. She, she can do just about anything. Have you seen Ocean's 8? She's a masterpiece. She's a masterpiece. Oil painting. Yeah. Yeah. What did he ask me? I don't know anymore. Hmm. Well, we're looking forward to Jacoby making that film. Um, and if someone could draw a poster of that, <laughs> that, obviously there'd be a lot of my heads in there. Just pick your favourite head. I reckon be. Diver Dan. Look him up. What a legend. All right. And I think he was also in The Matrix as well, that man. David Wenham. And maybe The Lord of the Frongs? Please stop. Okay. <laughs> we also like to thank, by name, people that do contribute to our Patreon. We're going to do that now. And mm. usually, what we do is Jess comes up with a little game. We make a little bit of a game. Just a bit of fun. A bit of a game in it. Now, we're going to have this game in it. So, we just heard there about Agatha Christie, very yeah. famous mystery writer. Any inspiration from that? Jess? Yeah, let's give him a fucking crime name. Crime Ooh. name? No, like a, a a case. Like events on the Nile or night boat to Cairo. Death on the River Nile. De- Is that what it's actually called? It's called Death on the Nile. Fuck! I thought it was on the River Nile. No. You've no, always it's a said River. Nile. It's a different Nile. I'm sure you've always They're said. They're talking river. about. I would have never said River. No, you haven't. The singular brother of Fraser. Death on the Nile. <laughs> yeah, so we'll give them a case name like that. So there's, there's, I've got a couple here. Actually, I've got on my computer the, the adventure of Johnny Waverly. Oh, murder in the Muse. Oh, the third floor flat. Oh, I like that. The labors Fla-fla. of Hercules. Okay. The king of clubs. Dave, don't <laughs> waste all these great titles. Peril at End House. Oh, I like that. I, I like mean, peril. She's just mm. saying, just, that sounds like a random word generator. Yeah. The <laughs> third floor apartment. Which means there's no wrong answer. The Adventure of the Cheap Flat. The Adventure of the Cheap. Where did the flat go on its adventure? <laughs> the Kidnapped Prime Minister. Okay. Could I kick this bad boy off? Please. I'd love to thank from Seaford, which is where I got my tattoo done. 
many years Why'd ago. Why'd you go to Seaford? Because there was a recommended artist down there at uh, Hellbound Tattoos. Okay. <laughs> and you still haven't got it finished. No, I haven't. And that was really quite a long time ago. <laughs> at I, this point, they'd be starting boy. again. <laughs> yeah, really, they would have to. Um, I'd love to thank Mr. Luke Hunter. Luke Hunter. Oh, can we do something with Hunter maybe? Oh, the Hunter. What about the Hunter Gatherer? Oh, yes, I it like sounds that. Sounds like an Agatha Christie thing because it yeah. sounds like interesting but also what does that mean? Yeah. 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 What about what about the Hunter Gatherer from down the road? <laughs> yeah, perfect. I need to know where. He's we need from. to know, we need to know what flat they're living yeah. in. Yeah. The Hunter Gatherer from 32B. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Hunter Gatherer from 32B. That is Luke Hunter down to a T. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And he lives near the sea. And he and what what role does he play? The cadaver or the killer? Oh, at least you have to watch to find out. Oh, okay. yeah, at least a suspect. Yeah. Because everyone's a suspect when Agatha Christie comes to town. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'll be a Poirot? Or oh, a, it's got to be a Poirot. Not she's a maple. A, she's a very untrusting person. Yes. Or Miss Marple. Remember mm. I said in the report, an untrusting person based on her grandmother. <laughs> oh, yeah. Always sees the, the worst in people. What a skill to have. What a skill to have. I'd also love to thank from America, from Newton, Julie Bay. Julie Bay. Love that. Julie Bay. Bay is a great name too, especially well, in today's climate, you know. What about Murder by the Bay, but it's spelled B-E-Y? Yeah. That's yeah. Yes. 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 I'm afraid. Dave, she, you're so good at this. She may have been murdered in this one. Well, Sorry. Well, no. Again. No. Next, she was. Someone was murdered next to her. Oh by yeah. The bay. She's got assault. Maybe she's got to prove her innocence. That prove. happens a lot. Yeah. She so someone's <laughs> someone's on trial. Her, uh, Hercule Poirot comes to town and has to prove prove the innocence. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That is very good. Uh, <laughs> We've spent a lot of time together while we're here. Yeah. <laughs> Barely left each other's sides. Yeah. We're becoming one unit. We already were, but now it's even more so. No. It's going to be hard to be away from you. I know. I'm going to have to call you when I get home. Let's move in together. Okay. Yes. It's time. Let's, Let's move time. back To get in the Dugo on Mansion. Mansion. Yeah. Which would be a great place for a murder. Let's and get the bunks possible, back together. Only possible because of our Patreons. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Pay for our mansion. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> we deserve mansions. <laughs> mansion. Plural. Oh. What? I mean, what if one is haunted? Oh, oh good that'd point. That'd be great if we get a haunted one. Oh. We do a report about our own house. I don't want a haunted one. Uh, I want a nice one. What Get if it's ball. haunted by a gummy bear? Ooh. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable as that is from the, from the tone. I'd also like to thank uh, from Livermore. California. Hotel oh. California. I was thinking California. California. Yeah, great. And I would like to thank Anthony Castro. And what do we call the book? Liver No More. You are nailing this. Anthony Castro's. Liver No More. Live in, and it's set in the small town, I imagine, of Livermore. Right. Right. But also the uh, person who died. Was drunk. What about? Oh, okay. So they had a, their liver. Their was, liver was no more. Liver la vida no more. Okay. Ricky Martin has a cameo. <laughs> Is this like our Spanish translation? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to budge on this. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my standpoint, and I'm sticking to it. And thank you, Anthony Castro. 
I hope you solve that crime. What a sick na- a bunch of names about Luke Hunter, Julie Bay, Anthony Castro. Oh no, these are all, they do sound like characters in books. Mm. I would also like to thank from Sydney, beautiful part of the world, of course, Lockie Martin. Lockie, Lockie Martin. under lock and key. Oh, I like that a lot. Oh, I finally got one. <laughs> That is mysterious. Yeah, exactly. But you can also see, when you read the book, you go, oh, I know what they're talking about. I get yep. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lockie yep. Martin's the main character in this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Lockie has been falsely accused of a crime and Poirot has to again save the day. Yeah, I was right. going to say, Lockie definitely hasn't done anything here, but people think he has. Yes, yeah, so he's under lock and key yes. in the jail cell. They, yes. think he, they think he did it until another murder occurs. When he's, when he's locked up, and they're like, well, maybe it can't have been him. Is it a copycat? Yeah. And it turns out it is. Lockie did do the cat. <laughs> he did the first one. Yep. Yeah. He paid someone to do another yeah. one to make it. But him the copycat innocent. actually gets busted for both. Yeah. Lockie's that good. He is that good. And then good. he's released, and he's still out there. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> no, right. Dave, we're in the UK. It's okay. Oh, it's fine then. No worries. We're good on safe. Your <laughs> but anybody in Sydney, not so safe. Lockie's coming to kill you. Sorry, you had to find out this way. Well, good luck to all our Sydney listeners. Sorry I hope you're that. listening when this episode is current and not in three months' time when Lockie's already outside your This window. is all obviously a joke. Lockie is one of the nicest people, I assume. One of the nicest murderers, yes. No, he gives life and, and stabs. And laughs. While he stabs you. With his... Wit. Wit, yes. Stabbing wit. And a shank. <laughs> shank with his... Humor. Yes, he will shank you for your kindness. Oh, shank you very much. He, oh. he's it's a, one of his. He has some slightly annoying catchphrases. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Apart from that, spank me. <laughs> shank you very much. Mm-hmm. The list goes on. Wait, what spank me? His <laughs> catchphrase for. I, uh, he's also a got a couple of fetishes, but you know, don't we all? We're not. Sh- we're not shaming anyone. Absolutely not. not. Can I thank some people? Yes, please. Uh, spank some people. Spank, can I spank some people? <laughs> please. No. I would like to spank from Narry Warren South in Victoria. Nazla Waza. South. <laughs> so, so. I would like to thank Maddie Ray. Maddie Ray. Maddie. Maddie what about Ray. the sting? Oh, yes. Like a stingray. That's it? The Sting? The Sting, yeah, yeah, because that's like, you know, police sting. And also, that's a movie already. I think you might, for yeah, confusion, Rob, you might have to give Robert some. Robert Redford. Yeah, <laughs> add someone else in there. What about The Sting in brackets, not the one with Robert Redford? Oh, I like that. Now we know. Yeah. Yeah, take the mystery out of the mystery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Avoid confusion. Thank uh, you, Maddie. Thank you. Maddie Ray, what a, what a pleasure. Ray, We're so sting. far away, but soon again we will be in the same state. I just want a quick rundown of what happens in The Sting. Okay, so Maddie Ray. He works at a bee factory. A bee factory? Yeah. They're selling bees or No, no, it's just it's it's not their A factory, it's their oh, right. secondary He's... factory where they, they make their um rejected T shirts. Okay, what about the Jess, boss? Thank you for being there with me. <laughs> what about the boss from factory A has been murdered and Maddie Ray reckons that if he can solve that murder, he'll be promoted to factory he'll A. Be promoted. Yes. And he's got to do some sort of sting operation. Yeah. So the, this bee pun works on many levels. So he hires Poirot. Yes, to come to Nary Warren South. Poirot. And David Sucker comes in and saves the day together. Hi, say. Hi, say. Did not get a lot. Did not get a lot in the no. room, but fuck, it's good. It didn't. Go watch it. Yeah. Watch it and you'll know. It deserved a lot more. Hi, say. Listening yeah. back, we love it. Yeah. 
And the listeners are going, holy shit, that is incredible. <clears throat> Did I accidentally sit on my TV remote and Poirot is on? I say. Oh, wow. Mm. It is good. You're an artist. Gregory Hastings. What a man. <laughs> Arthur Hastings. And can I thank finally, is this Denmark? No, Deutschland that will be. That will be Germany. <laughs> isn't it weird that... I'm, I'm sure we've mentioned this before, but isn't it weird that we don't let... Germans call their country whatever they want to call it. Yeah, it's weird. We call it Deutschland. Um, I think we call it Germany. I think you mean Germany. It's real weird. But no, like every country's like that though. But not normally changing that much. Like French say Australia or something. Finland is completely different. Yeah, we should should just call what they call it. Yeah. And like every Italian city we've anglicized or we've Hmm. Englishized. Yeah. It's not Rome. Right. What is this, Roma? Roma. Yeah. But at least they haven't that totally are, changed it. Aware that we're very capable of Exactly. That's the yeah. thing. Well, like, so anyway. It's like they've taken the fun. Like Munich, boring. München. That's a fun time. So fun. And that is where Martin is from. I know. Named- um, ah. Martin Doddle. Doddle? Doddle a who? Doddle. Martin Doddle. Martin, that's great. Thank you so much. Um... The case careful oh. not to dawdle. Ooh. Oh, that's I a can... real threat. I like that a lot. Often, uh, murder mysteries do have like little phrases like that as their title, yeah. Right. And careful then, not to dawdle at the end, you're, you're like, Oh, that's, what that's that means. why careful not to dawdle. Someone stalking and killing in the park in Munchen. Yep. Oh, that's great. A beer stand's involved, probably. Oh, the beer stand killer. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But oh. it's not Martin. Okay. Again, he's got to save the day. Munchen is such a pretty city. Have you been? I have not been. Oh, I've you not must. been either. Oh, you must. Oh, you must. Well, we, you know, can we pop over? Yeah, I mean, we could do a show for one. <laughs> Let's look at the numbers, see if he's got any friends over there. Surely he'd have us in his living room. Oh, that'd be great. Martin? Martin? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Is this thing on? <laughs> Hello, Mark? Come through loud and clear. Uh, and again, thank you to all the uh, patrons or the people at Patreon that do get involved. If you want to be on this list, you can go to patreon.com slash pod, and we'll give you rewards in exchange for your support. Of course, you get the normal podcast, but also two bonus episodes every single month can be unlocked at a certain level, and we do shout-outs. Our Christmas cards are coming up again. We're going to do them. So That's if you right. want to get involved... You pledge at a certain level. Mm. So all the details are there. If you want to get a Christmas card, you've got to get on it soon. I've also I've been chucking up some uh, tour videos, um, sort of unedited clips from the road <laughs> uh, for patrons to watch. Yeah, you sort of see the way we live and the way our minds unravel on the road. <laughs> yeah. If you, that We're sounds all interesting. a bit unhinged. It's been, yeah, a bit of fun. People seem to be enjoying those. We also though. recorded a bonus episode after this lead show that you just heard, which was very loose and very silly and fun, a bit of a quiz, and I will be putting that up soon as a Patreon-only exclusive. So if you want to hear that, get on over to the Patreon. Um, but that, yeah, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. That's, in terms of support, just listening uh, to us means so much. Yeah. We really do appreciate that heaps. Um, if you have time, it would be so nice if you could uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever your thing is. Um, give us a little message. We read all those and they're always so nice to read. Um, also, you can find us online at DoGoOnPod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and our email address is dogoonpod at gmail.com. 
and we reply to all the emails, so feel free. And I'm doing my best to get back to most tweets, although bloody hell, you love to tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Jess gets emails and she's like, oh, oh no, there's a handful of emails today. And I'm like, yeah, well, cool. Good on you, Jess. Thanks for coming by. <laughs> this is when I pop past his house some mornings. <laughs> I, I lost Quick his phone update. number. I just like to stop by and let him know. Maybe uh, I should just get your phone number. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll pass that on to you now. Oh, <laughs> have you got a pen there? Four. Anyway, yes. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And uh, yeah, all the contact details for all that stuff is on that website Matt mentioned. Do go on pod.com. But until next week, thank you so much for listening. And until then, I will say goodbye. Later. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.